Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Radiant Black podcast. And my God, did we have an amazing issue in Radiant Black issue four. How are you feeling about it, Matt? I'm feeling crazy. It's your boy Radiant Matt here with his mind blown. Like, Higgins was not kidding when he said this was a game changer and things will never be the same. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say that this was one of the biggest twists in comics. Oh, yeah, no. I mean... I feel like I've been sucked into a black hole and just chewed up and spat out, and I'm not sure what to think of this issue because there's just a lot going on here. Yeah, no kidding. If you haven't read issue four, guys, tread no further. Guys, girls, do not read further, uh, listen further, because this was crazy, and this is a twist that you should really experience firsthand. Like, it was nuts. So, you know, read the issue before uh, you pick this podcast up for sure. If you haven't read issue four yet, do not listen to this episode because we're going to spoil everything. And oh my God, like, oh my God, I just, I still can't believe what happened in this issue. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's just, it's unbelievable. I just, I'm like, you consider everything we've talked about the last two episodes, everything I'm pretty sure people have been talking about, about, you know, Nathan and what's going on. And we just get this and... It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, no one called this like, uh, you know, we, we listened to Radiant Radio and yeah, Michael Basudel was saying no one guessed this twist at, at all. And it's true. No one. I didn't think this. I was thinking of theories and what could, where we can go. I did not think that Nathan was dying. We put so much into, you know, Nathan's character, him being, you know, at the, what stage of his life he was in, his family. It was like a tight core of characters, like you mentioned, Bash, how we didn't have anyone outside of it. And it hurts that much more when such a big part of our world is gone. Yep. And everyone was warned earlier. So now we're going to get into the uh, issue and we'll, you know, we'll talk about some brief highlights first before we dive deep into the analysis and everything. But uh, first things first, how about that amazing new cover art we've just got? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, We were like to say we were delighted is an understatement. Like uh, we were contacted by, you know, the people at Radiant Black and they allowed us to exclusively reveal that amazing cover from uh, Federico Sabatini did the illustration and uh, Martina Fori did an amazing job on the colors. It really pops. It's my phone background. We don't know what issue it is as a what cover it's going to be, but oh my God, it's an awesome cover. And I was so excited that we got to reveal it on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, they, they they asked us to make it our profile picture, and we were delighted, you know. We, we, of course we wanted to, and we'd love it. So thank you so much to uh, Federico and Martina. It's an amazing piece, and we, we love it with all our hearts. We're super delighted to be able to show it off. Yeah, uh, I can't wait. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to stop myself from buying more than 10, really, from, you know, less than, I'm going to have to, you know, set a limit. But no, it's beautiful. It's definitely up there in the pantheon of amazing covers. Like this Radiant Black uh, series has had so many cool covers, and uh, we'll talk about the the future ones later on. But, oh, it's amazing and uh, super excited about that. We we were uh, pumped. But yeah, our our reactions when we read uh, issue four, like uh, Bash, you messaged me, and it was just a mixture of like swear words and like, I can't believe it. Like, we we were shocked. It was crazy. It was like we were transported to that, uh, the realm with the the robot there. It was nuts. Yeah, I mean, you know, people, uh, you know, Higgins even compared it to the issue 11 reveal of Invincible. And uh, honestly... I felt that in some ways, like I do, I felt like the gravity of the situation, <laughs> pun intended, being, you know, that it was very high stakes. I felt like this was, shit was going down. Yeah, for- I, uh, 
I bring up Lost a lot when I when we talk about Radiant Black as far as like twists and speculation, but it hit home where like if you watch Deep in the Lost, you learn something about certain characters or aspects of the show's lore that you can then in a rewatch of the show, it really changes how you look at the show and how you take it in and how you enjoy it. And I feel like with the the death of Nathan, like I went I went back and reread the first issue and seeing him meet his parents and stuff like that, like it's you know not meet his parents but go back to living at home there's lines in there that are insanely relevant and hit super hard like there's this panel i'm not going to go too deep too uh, deep into it but he goes uh but uh, nathan's mom says you're a writer you have been your whole life that's not going to change and it really didn't because he didn't have much of a whole life left and she says so what if you come home for a little while uh the great thing about writing is you can do it anywhere so so for now on you're just going to do it from here i feel like that that might tie into a theory i might have later on so we'll talk about that later but uh, yeah, no, there's so much going on. The first few issues that really dive deep into Nathan and his life and his background and it makes you feel like, you know, this is the main character. So to get the twist we got in this one, it's a it's a big one. But uh, yeah, let's dive into the issue. You know, we open on the first page and we've got the title. It's called Everything Changes. And, you know, for once it was true. Everything does really change in this issue. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it, definitely the status quo will never be the same. Nathan, you know, <laughs> we we know what happens. But yeah, it opens up and like we see that their their minds are merging. The Radiant is talking to Nathan in the foreign language that he doesn't quite understand yet. And it, the way the visuals are, it's like it's overtaking him. and He's being drawn into this realm now. Yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, yeah, we, we, we see on the first page that he's already in this... Uh, radiant realm he's talking to this being presumably it's the radiant or you know someone we don't know yet you know we see that the text is in a language that he doesn't understand and shout out to uh, mark mill on twitter a uh, fellow friend and follower who actually deciphered the entire radiant language on her own you know through her own research which is super impressive by the way so massive props massive respect you can follow her on uh, twitter at the flannel death and yeah, I highly recommend checking her out. She has awesome content, and uh, we just super we were just super impressed that someone managed to crack the code that fast. To be honest, yeah, it's like in three issues. She's like, uh, you know, she's a massive part of the uh, fandom, and it's always great to see what she's posting and her reactions on uh, on Radiant Black. Also, like on Radiant Radio, uh, Kyle highlighted the uh, just the cool work that Becca Carey did in the, in the second uh, panel from the bottom here, with where like when he says "please stop" and the P slowly transforms into the Radiant text or the Radiant uh, whatever language it is. So I, I thought it's a really nice touch and uh, really adds to the merging and uh, really uh, pumps up the scene here. Yeah, really great stuff. And uh, thanks tomorrow. Now we can understand this text. But uh, basically, in the first uh, bubble, we've got. The, the radiant being saying, hello, Nathan Burnett, it is good to see you. And then, you know, we've got Nathan trying to communicate. We're saying he's like, he's freaking out. He's letting it know that he doesn't understand what it's saying. And it replies, you will soon. We are engaging in the process of sync here. Shall we take the next step? And you see that, you know, that's when the black hole thing starts to expand or whatever it is. And probably, you know, presumably that's the process of sync. And Nathan's freaking out, obviously. And we get this next page. It's an amazing, amazing splash page by Marcel Costa. I really got to shout this out. This is an amazing artwork. It was shown, you know, prior to the release of the issue in the teaser pages. And my God, we were blown away. I love this. I could genuinely get a poster of this in the, in, the, in the back of my room, you know, just hang it up there for when we do video episodes, show it off. But no, this is something amazing. And 
you know, it, presumably he's in existence now. They're synced. Yeah, you know, a pitcher's worth a thousand words, but this is like technically two pitchers, so it's a splash page. No, but it's really awesome. Like uh, hearing about uh, you know Marcelo Costa drawing it, and Kyle said that it almost killed him, and it, you know it, it really did. It he uh, you know it was a uh, crunch time to get it out, and uh, he really hurt his hand in trying to draw this in time. And you know, thank you for your service because it's really amazing. Jokes aside, like God, that's amazing, and. Uh, I hope that uh, in the future we still get more of his art in a way that uh, he isn't harmed because God, that's a that's really really amazing. Like it's one of my favorite splash pages of all time. You know, it's only been two weeks or so since I've seen it, but God, it's just the colors, everything about it is just remarkable. It belongs in a museum. Yeah, it really is amazing, and it it gets the readers excited for you know what what else is to come. It gets you dive. It's like a small in- peek into what flies forward in the radiant world and it's awesome like i can't you know i'm just blown away by this piece but uh yeah we see that nathan's finally talking to this big robot being that we saw in the second print cover of issue number one and right now as readers we're not sure what the hell is going on we're not sure if this is a dream we're not sure if this is happening in real time we don't know what the fuck is going on to be honest but uh yeah we move on and we're back in lockport illinois and we see we're with our favorite best friend marshall and he's just chilling on the couch you know typical day for him typical weekend day see a few bottles by the couch of course marshall looks like he had himself a little tipsy night there and he's got himself a bowl of snacks and he's got himself a little puppers on the side it looks like yeah i guess it's licorice right that's what it's supposed to be i guess i'm not sure if it could be licorice or jerky or <laughs> that sure. was my thought but the way that it's like chew chew jerky i mean you would be chewing jerky i, I don't know the onomatopoeia is where i'm looking for clues but yeah no he's uh you know sharing it with his dog there and uh sharing is really going to be the theme when uh, nathan's going to be unwillingly sharing the radiant with uh, marshall later on but I, I love this i think it's really cool i don't know if it's foreshadowing or not but uh Marshall's texting with Nathan and his text bubbles are in black, you know, not Nathan. So I, I don't know if that's uh, a purposeful choice or not. But usually when I'm texting with someone on my iPhone, it, I'm in gray and the other person is blue. So I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And we see that, you know, Marshall's just taking an easy. He's having a chill day. Nathan asks him what's up and he lets Nathan know that there's a Soderbergh marathon on the Criterion channel that he's got to get to, of course. And, uh, you know that he never misses out of sight to correct myself it actually is the reverse actually the my texts will be in blue and the other person's will be in green so i was wrong about that so yeah other than that one thing i did notice is if you look at the text bubble there and this might be a mistake but it says when it says and you know i will literally never miss out on out of sight what's up the l and the the l and will and the l and literal are both bolded i don't know if that's purposely done or if that's a mistake or not or i just read too much in between the lines especially these two lines but yeah i don't know that's just something i noticed yeah, that's a good point. Perhaps there's some clues in there, readers. Let us know. You know listeners, let us know if there's something you could find in there. Might just be for those people to look too much into it, like myself saying, don't read too much <laughs> between the lines. But no, uh, yeah, no, I, I like this conversation between the two. It's a nice little setup as to what they're doing. And I really find that Higgins nails the dialogue between two friends. Like, this, this sounds like conversations that I can hear someone having. Yeah, and you know, this is like, this kind of reminds me of Akon Invincible, you know, like both on the TV show and in the comic book. For, for example, on the TV show, we get that one scene where, you know, he's he's in the costume and he's just trying to text Amber in the middle of, you know, getting like assaulted. And that, this kind of reminds me of that in the sense that here's this friendship dynamic between Marshall and Nathan and, uh, 
you know, they're trying to explore the power set finally. And you could tell that it's not just a finally for the readers. And we've been waiting three issues to see more of, you know, Nathan's powers and what's going to happen next, you know, some action. But it's also finally for uh, Marshall because he just says it's about time, baby. Yeah, Marshall's more eager to be doing this than, than Nathan is in a lot of ways. Nathan's more passive, and that's a major theme that, you know, when he dies later on, he, he doesn't have the killer instinct. Now, I don't know if that's a lack of willing to take the leap, but murder is is a big deal and even if the person's been doing some shady things you know it doesn't mean that they deserve death so you know it's a big theme in this issue yeah and it's interesting to see because you know i we both talked about last episode where you know marshall felt oddly comfortable with the whole situation going down in issue number one we saw that or is that the first episode yeah but we saw that you know while Nathan just discovered this black hole and he's got caught up in this whole, you know, thing and he just, you know, suddenly has superpowers. Marshall was there just comforting him, kind of letting him know what to do. Kind of like, okay, you know, take a take a breather and then he figured out how to remove the helmet when he was wearing it for the first time. So, in some sense when it comes to intuition, we see that Marshall's oddly more comfortable with this kind of stuff uh, than Nathan is. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because Marshall literally says to Nathan after Nathan goes off on him after they fly to the water tower, he says, look, I don't know what happened in L.A., but I know you, the kind of person you are, how much you care. I mean, the fact that you're worried so much about this is a lot. You're not going to screw this up, man. I won't let you. So, I mean, obviously, I guess he does screw it up if he ends up dead. So that's going to be weighing on Nathan even uh, or on Marshall even more heavily, knowing that like he literally promised him, like, I won't let you screw this up more so than even on top of his friend, best friend being dead. He literally says, I won't let you mess this up. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think, yeah, we brought that up before as well. So it's interesting to see Marshall so close to this whole situation. He feels very compelled to keep an eye out on the whole, you know, radiant power and how it's used moving forward. So that's interesting, and as we see that manifest itself through him, you know, somewhat training Nathan on how to use his powers. Yeah, I get it kind of like, I know they're not like running up mountains and stuff, but I kind of get like Rocky vibes with them training, even though they're not really breaking sweats, but they are breaking action figures, so they're close enough. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's a uh, shout out to uh, Mark Emile for another uh, piece that she pointed out, was that these action figures are actually from another, our characters from another comic book done by Kyle Higgins called Cowell, or Chicago Organized Workers League. Yeah, and uh, the guy on the right, on the bottom of the page, you can definitely tell that's Nightwing inspired, because, you know, Nightwing is Kyle Hagen's favorite superhero, so I don't think that's a coincidence that he's got, like, the blue and the black combo in that shape. Oh, no, not at all. And, uh, yeah, so we see the guys, they're training, they're getting, you know, they're getting ready for more threats and just trying to, you know, discover more about his powers because he hasn't really done much. And, you know, that's something that Marshall is going to make a point out of uh, later on. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Shazam movie where they almost have this view of, like, superheroes and know what superheroes can do. And they're just going, like, well, you can probably shoot energy blasts. Like, they're doing almost what we we do on the podcast, like, speculating, like, okay, well, what could he do? If he can shoot beams or if he can radiate energy, he can probably shoot blasts. And, of course, he can. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, of course, we get some quips between the two boys. And he's like, Nathan's like, is this your professional opinion? And Marshall's just like, oh, I mean, I can leave. But it's just like, no, it's cold. And he's like, you know, you've got a black hole in your chest, man. And Nathan lets him know that it's not on his face. Thank God. Yeah. And wouldn't the black hole just make it colder? Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. But uh, yeah, there's energy. The energy. Yeah, exactly. All the heat from the energy. So. But he's like, yeah, okay, you're right. Energy blasts are probably possible. So, you know, he gives it a small, they go to all college, try. He manages to shoot a little weakling of a beam. And, uh, you know, that's a start. 
Yeah, well, I'm just waiting for when uh, whoever's in the Radiant Black suit can get like a Halo like beam sword. That's what I'm waiting for. That's gonna be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, energy we, sword. We have, we have a moment. Yeah, we have a moment that's actually relevant to that, which we'll bring up uh, towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, no, that's funny. Good point. Yeah, so unfortunately, you know, not a good day for collector's items as they're destroyed, (laughs) a lot of them. But it's really sweet to see them testing out the powers. And you see that, you know, Marshall is really kind of like pushing Nathan a a bit just to get that rage out. Because, you know, it's not just if it works for the Hulk, you know, it might work for him. But I like this little dialogue when they're talking about, you know, I think you need to get angry. And then, you know, Nathan says it's cliched and it's like things are cliched for a reason. And uh, maybe you just need something in order. You just need to emote something. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, at this point, we see that while they are practicing their powers, they're also having a discussion about where these powers come from. As we see Nathan, you know, ponder by saying, "Ah, I don't know, just thinking about everything like these powers had to come from somewhere. Right. So that gives us an idea that, uh, you know, it's it's, it's interesting because this happens after we get those two uh, pages where Nathan is in the process of sinking to the radiant being and vice versa. So we're assuming, or at least I'm assuming, and there's no way to really tell whether I'm right or wrong, but uh, we welcome any opinions, of course, that if he does know that he's in the process of sinking to the radiant being at this point, then uh, it's safe to say that he has a lot of questions and he's thinking about those questions as it happens. Yeah, and it also gives uh, Marshall a bit of a heads up on what he can expect when he touches the black hole and says yes immediately. He's not going completely blind like Nathan, who's, I mean, experiencing this a bit, but at least Marshall has some secondhand knowledge of like what is going on for Nathan and his interpretation. Yeah, and you know, while watching Radiant Radio, shout out to Radiant Radio, it's a podcast between between uh, Strawberry17, a YouTuber slash Twitch streamer, and Kyle Higgins, where they discuss the Radiant Black series. It's uh, once a month, and you know we advertise that on the Instagram page and on the Twitter page. Yeah, so Michael Basudel, too, is there. I, I yeah. love the energy he brings to it. He's fun. If anyone's ever interested, check it out. We advertise it on our socials, and uh, we highly recommend it. But uh, yeah, Kyle brought up the fact that during that, you know, during the last episode, he brought up the fact that the sinking process was, you know, it took some time the first time it happens between Nathan and the radiant being, because presumably, and, uh, you know, he brought this up on Twitter as well, presumably that's the first time that a radiant being has synchronized to a human being. Or at least this radiant. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's and it brings it up by saying, oh, organic being. So, we know that, you know, for this rating, it's the first time sinking to a human being. It might be, you know, Casa that might be quicker the second time around. It might be a much quicker process now that they, you know, they're it's not a foreign matter that they're synchronizing with, but something that they're familiar with because they've synchronized with it before. So that's worth bringing up. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think it might add to my thoughts of are we going to see ready in sync with aliens or other species? Because, I mean, if, if they were talking a lot about how like if it's synced with something else and like different species. So I think that we're definitely on track to maybe get aliens with radiance on them. Yeah, that's super awesome, actually. I, can't, I would be excited to see that. But uh, yeah, we see that they continue training. And, you know, Nathan has suspicions about radiant red, you know, being out there. And what if, you know, he's part of the whole power of where these powers come from? So he feels that he should be able to defend himself. And that's the whole purpose of today. Yeah, I, I like that. And and I like how he like, wants to know the extent. He wants to know when he has to run, and, and too, which is also smart. Like, you got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to walk away, and know when to run, right? Like, you have to know your enemy the way you survive these situations. Unfortunately, he did not know when to run in this uh, in this issue. Or maybe he did, but he, you know, he made the heroic thing and stayed to uh, hold up the building to make sure people could get out. 
Yeah, more on that later, actually, because we have a lot of analysis. Oh, for there. sure. You know, Nathan's beginning to tell Marshall about the big robot, about, you know, how it's been talking to him, and he's beginning to understand it. And Marshall lets him know that, the, you know, it's okay because they're going to do things together when, you know, when the time comes. But for now, Marshall's fairly confident that Nathan can produce something better than that measly blast he did earlier. Yeah, for sure. And he does everything he can to kind of get the emotion out of Marsh, out of uh, Nathan there. And, you know, he says his pros sucks. Like all the like your best friends know what what buttons to push if they really want to get you pissed off. And uh, Marshall's no different where, you know, we bring up the Oxford commas and he says Chandler wish you never read him. And we heard about his love for Chandler and the other issue. So <laughs> in the first issue. So like Marshall's used Chandler to insult uh, Nathan both times. That's the only time he's brought up is basically to, to shit on Nathan, which is which is no bueno. And then, yeah, we learn about Justine too, who uh, Marshall says would still be around if if Nathan knew how to conjugate. Yeah, which is interesting because that's a perfectly ambiguous line, which I think works very well, might I say. Yeah, we mentioned last week how there wasn't a love interest mentioned for Nathan, and uh, now there has been a love interest uh, mentioned by Nathan's dad, so uh, that's going to be kind of rough. I don't think that's going to be coming to fruition. Yeah, and we get two of my favorite uh, panels in this issue one is just, you know, the expression of Nathan's face right as he hears Marshall say those insults. And you could tell it's just such a well, you know, well drawn out expression from Marcel Acosta, big fan of his artwork. And he continues to please week in, week out. And the next panel is perfect meme quality. And we have, we, you know, we might have something in the works with this one. But uh, yeah, it was just a panel of Nathan calling Marshall a motherfucker before he gets ready to disintegrate the action figures with his big beam. Yeah, a special beam cannon, and he's just like blowing that stuff up. It's really, really cool. I, I do love the you know mother effort or whatever with the uh, radiant text. So now we know how to say fucker with the with the radiant <laughs> text there. So you know uh, that's that's sweet. I, I do love that. It gets you really pumped up, and then you know it, Marshall's plan works. So apparently, being an asshole in this situation really worked to Marshall's advantage, as it got exactly what uh, what they needed for Nathan to move up to the next level and shoot uh, the big blast. Yeah, you know, at this point of the issue, we're reading and we're just like, I'm like, I'm liking the pacing of the issue, don't get me wrong, but I thought there was going to be a lot of action. Like, where's the action? Is Radiant Red just going to show up on the last page? And uh, (laughs) yeah, and the boys, you know, they feel with their progress with that big beam, they feel like they made some good progress and that it's time to, you know, head out, get some pre-movie beers, and they decide that that's the plan. And, you know, some there's some more banter and exchange between the two, but in the next page, we cut back to... Cut to... uh... Yeah, existence. Get, yeah, we're back in existence, and uh, we get to see the radiant text is translated. Nathan can fully understand it now. Yeah, and it's interesting because he was talking about earlier how he was beginning to understand it, and now their communication process is you know almost complete. So it's interesting to see: are we is this happening in real time? Has this already happened? It's a little bit confusing. We don't know for sure, but uh, we see that the robot is encountering you know his brain, its organic digital brain integration language centers uh, sync and complete in progress. So you know they're in the progress of synchronizing, and this is the first time we see the radiant bring up you know the reason for you know giving him these powers, where he talks about. Okay, our connection is final, permanent. For the duration of your life, you are part of existence. But war is near soon for the Radiant. He will kill you and your entire planet. To die is to lose everything. Will you do all that is required to save your species? And here we see, you know, will you take his life? The Radiant asking Nathan to kill someone, but we're not sure who. You know, we can assume as readers that it's Radiant Red, right? Because... You know, there's just a radiant body, radiant red makes sense. And that's who he lets go and then dies yeah. for, basically. 
this is still a curious point. We don't, we're not sure exactly what's going on here. There's a lot to unpack. And I just want to point out, it's very curious that most of the color scheme is blue and red while, you know, they're in existence. Like, you see that the being himself, the robot, is like this dark color with some blue in it. But then you see that a lot of the background is red. So I just thought I'd point that out. That was interesting. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. And we kind of jumped over it when we were just joke- laughing at, you know, uh, Nathan calling Marshall a motherfucker, but he actually says it. He says fucker in those words in in the the dialect of the ra- the radiant language. So I think that that's you know I appreciate the puke based storytelling issue. One, this is you know <laughs> covering up a swear word. It's a double edged sword. You can get fucker in there without actually like writing it out, and you can also show that Nathan is speaking the language and when he's emotionally intense. So maybe when he's fully in tune with these emotions, he's even more connected with the radiant. Yeah, that, that that's something that Marshall points out, and you know he's just like, yeah, he totally cussed at me in a different language. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's pretty cool, and uh, it, it just shows that this is the big preposition for Nathan of uh, you're gonna have to kill Radiant Red. Yeah, and here's where we begin to get some real foreshadowing of the big twist that's gonna happen. We see the two boys, you know, they're holding their grocery bags. They've just gone and gotten their beer, their supplies for their movie night or their show night or whatever that's gonna happen. And you know, we see Nathan asking uh, Marshall, "You ever think about what you do with all this?" And you know, Marshall's like, "Like if I grab the black hole instead?" And he's like, "Yeah." And Marshall lets him know that yeah, he's had hundreds of ideas, many of which involve him cra- getting crazy rich. And we see that. You know, Marshall has thought a lot about getting the powers. We He's been thinking about the powers since he's seen the black hole in uh, issue number one. But it almost sounds like he's kind of somewhat bitter that Nathan got the powers because, they, you know, they have a discussion and he's just like, you're radiant black. And, you know, Nathan lets him know that he's like, that sounds like an opinion. But he's just like, nah, you know, it's just that you've barely done anything since you've had these powers. And he tells Nathan that he uh, lacks vision. He's just pissed. Like, if if your friend got superpowers, you would be, you would probably be a little jealous. Even if you're the most like balanced person, you would probably be like, "Holy shit! I wish, you know." Especially comic readers, you'd be like, "Geez, I wish I had some ability." It's interesting because, especially, you know, we've read this multiple times. We've read this issue multiple times because, you know, as podcasters, we want to see, or just, you know, as readers who enjoy this and series it's good. so much. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just love it, to be honest. Uh, I've read this multiple times because I just couldn't believe it the first time. So I had to read it again and again, make sure I didn't miss anything. And, you know, this timing is, it's very interesting that this happens now, you know, right before Marshall gets the power. So literally minutes before he's confronted with that and also it doesn't just foreshadow him getting the powers it also foreshadows my favorite end segment where uh we're doing marshall school of business as well where he says that he's got at least 80 of them involved me getting rich all of his schemes so i I really dig that granted these ones at the end of the comic so far haven't involved powers it's just that he's always (laughs) had these schemes but that just kind of like you know millions of ideas bloom from that you know we were asking for action higgins says here i gave you action and we get the action (laughs) yeah careful what you wish for Yeah, be careful you sure indeed, because my God, is there a lot of action. And we just see boom, an explosion. You know, the boys get launched into the air. We see Radiant Red making an introduction, and he is pissed off. Showing it says, up. hello, Nathan. I know who you are. None of this Radiant, Radiant Black stuff. No, he's just like, what a nice hometown you have. You can tell the tone right away. He's not here to fuck around. He's here to, you know, take some lives. You know, he's here to make threats. He's here to... He's here to get some shit done. And uh, we get these this awesome two pages from Marcel Costa. Just genuinely, extremely kinetic artwork. Super clean, super just overall beautiful artwork. We see, you know, Radiant Red tossing uh, Nathan up in the air saying, let's talk, which is an interesting proposition, you know. And meanwhile, we see Nathan transforming into Radiant Black. And my God, it's such a nice so, two pages. So oh, yeah. 
especially when you see those eyes ignite, you know? Oh, yeah, you know it's business time. And he almost looks like he has, like, a mohawk when the helmet's, like, going up to his head and stuff like that. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty sweet. I like that. It's almost like the Captain Marvel suit, right, with the mohawk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just an awesome page. Reminds me of that, actually, 125 uh, for number one by David Finch, just the way it's all set up. And, uh, you know, we get a very fa- funny interjection from Marshall saying, oh, dude, you're in for it now. Also, don't worry. I'm shooting video. You can watch your ass get beat down at 120 frames per second. Of course, we, we need 120 FPS. It wouldn't be right <laughs> without all 120 frames of his red ass getting kicked. Radium Red almost did him a favor destroying his phone, though. Otherwise, he would have filmed his buddy dying, which you don't want up the on your phone or in the cloud or anywhere, really. You don't want to relive that memory. No, that's true. And, you know, we see this epic little moment where Radium Red just snatches the phone from Marshawn, disintegrates it with his hand, so it gives us an idea of what Radium Red's powers are like. He could literally just disintegrate the phone in his hands. Like, we didn't even see any, like, back matter or anything. It's just gone. But Not then just we that. See- not just that, but that line he says after of like he's he's like or else what, and then uh, radiant red's like or else I'll absorb your skin and let your muscles and your fat spill out. That's such a visceral line, it's so descriptive, and you can immediately picture it. It's so gory, and I love it. Yeah, very interesting, <laughs> like reaction, almost Omni Man, like whether we see you know kind of like a Green Lantern ray where you know red and blue uses he projects his energy, or just grabs radiant red and just tosses him just launches him straight into the air you know knocks into a few buildings along the way super brutal yeah and i mean this isn't just like you're in a junkyard now it's like there's people around the stakes are raised and you can't you know this is a city that he knows and loves you know even if he hated it he wouldn't be letting people die here so he's got to be careful he throws him up to the roof and uh, radiant red is not so cautious yeah, and you can see it's like a cue the heroic music moment for Nathan where he's trying to, you know, do the responsible thing. He's trying to tell bystanders to get inside, stay off the streets. He's trying to take the fight uh, off, you know, off land, trying to take it into the skies where there's less casualties, there's less people around, there's less collateral damage. But we see that, uh, you know, he lands on the roof looking for Radio Red, but Radio Red is too quick. He materializes almost instantly in front of him and just charges him, knocking him three stories down into the building, through it, crashing into each floor. And, you know, he just uh, he just tells him, nice hometown. I hope they have insurance. Yeah, I mean, and he just emphasizes again that he, like, I know this is your hometown. Like, he's really trying to get in his head, too, because that'll throw you off any fight. It's like, oh, my God, this guy knows me. The mask is, is just a decoration at this point because it's not hiding anything. Yeah, and it's super interesting because we see that, you know, he's not even here trying to reason, Radiant Red, which is a very, you know, we don't even know why he's trying to employ that approach. It's it's interesting because... I think it's just to intimidate him so he doesn't come back. Like, I know this. Do not mess with me. And he's probably got some big plans coming up. Yeah, and he's probably... It's almost like he's given off the vibe that he's better trained than Radiant Black, that he's, you know, had the power for longer and that he has more experience. And we see that his his suit kind of reacts differently to the power used. You see that his shoulder plates and his bracers, they almost kind of glow with this red circular energy yeah you pointed it out to me like maybe that's what he was working at uh, on in the junkyard maybe he's got some new metals and he's like he's really synced with this radiant and you know the war is coming right so maybe he's the the radiant's telling him what he needs to do to improve what's already pretty awesome it's really interesting and we see that you know he he keeps the threats keep coming from radar he just lets nathan know that he knows who he is he knows where he lives and he tells me and he says, believe me, I can get to you at any time. I can get to them. And I'm assuming he means, you know, the Burnett's, Mr. and Mrs. Burnett. And he says, you know, if he ever sees his face again, this is the least damage that's going to happen. And yeah, I, it'd be cool if he said, do you want some oatmeal, Nathan, or something like that? Like, he really knows. <laughs> yeah, Nathan just reacts impulsively. But we get this awesome panel of just a big beam of, you know, 
black, white, and blue energy shooting out of Nathan's arm, just smashing Radiant Red down. And then we see his hand glowing, this tinge. It looks amazing, you know? It's like this black and white energy. It almost looks like the third print cover where his hands are glowing, and he just almost one-shot KO'd Radiant Red there. Yeah, he needs to set up like an Adam Eve like Green Lantern wall there. I, I don't know if that was for him to bounce into or or what, but oh my god! And you can see that the the eye is revealed of Radiant Red, and there's real fear in that eye of like, hey, like Nathan when he gets fired up and there's people, you know, he knows that it's not just the people around him but his family at stake. He, you know, he there's no messing around because we know it's tied to emotions, and he's fired up. So Radiant Red better watch out. Yeah, and I just I want to reiterate again how awesome the artwork is in these pages, how dynamic it is. There's just so much going on. I love seeing the use of the powers finally because it's just so awesome. Like this is what we live for. It reminds me of all those pages in Invincible, you know, those big amazing pages by Ryan Otley where you knew you know, there was something kind of like whenever someone was going to get punched in the face, you knew you were going to get that visceral Otley blood, you know, you, you knew whenever there was going to be war, there was always going to be chaos and destruction. And we're seeing here, there's a lot of destruction and the powers are just so beautiful. They're really conveyed well on these pages. Yeah. And I love this, how you see the eye looking back at uh, at Nathan and then it cuts to him in that world and like the realm where they're sinking and you just see Nathan and he's all yellow. I, this is like the reverse Dr. Manhattan where it's not that he doesn't care, it's that he cares so much, right? Like he's just alone and it's so cool where it's like you know what he's feeling like i can't kill him i can't i don't have it in me i'm not a murderer and then you know you see the eyes flare a little bit and he says don't come back here ever again and then of course you know when you give mercy you can give mercy but don't turn your back immediately you know because then they're gonna get you know this happens and radiant red you know charges up and fires a blast to nathan and uh he fires back and the massive explosion goes down yeah, Radiant Red was not appreciative of the act of mercy, and he decided to respond hostily. Of course, you know, luckily for us, Radiant Black manages to dodge the uh, attack, but he replies with his own beam, and those two collide, creating a huge shockwave that, you know, damages the building quite a bit. And, you know, Radiant, you know, Nathan's pretty pissed off. He's just like, you dumbass. Like, why did you just do that? Like, we were, you know, it was implying that, like, it was over. You know, we settled it, and then you just had to go through this again? Like, what an idiot. My question is, what's Radiant Red's Radiant telling him? Is he saying you have to kill this guy too? Or does he have something different going on? Like, okay, we've got plans, you know, scare this guy and we'll keep building up to whatever we're building. That's a really good point because we see that, you know, if we're going to go back to the page where Radiant was talking to Nathan, we see that he tells him that war is soon for the Radiant. He will kill you and your entire planet. So maybe he's talking about Radiant Red. Maybe... You know, who knows? Maybe the person who's under the Radiant Red suit isn't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily, the way he looks, the way, you know, his eyes look, he, they almost looks like it's reluctant. Like he doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. But maybe, you know, he's in a situation where he's being threatened by Radiant Red or the being that controls the Red Powers. Who knows? We don't know. Also, it's a bond for life. If you take the Radiant out of a person unwillingly, would it kill a person? Or Because it's supposed to be for life. Can you undo that in any way without killing the person? I don't know. It's true. And is it like a symbiote? Like, is it, you know, is it consensual where it does have to be both both ways or how does it work? We don't know anything yet. We're still learning. So that's quite interesting. But it's cool that we do get a peek, you know, a little peek at the uh, what in Radiant Red looks like. We just get a peek at his eye and Radiant Black's first reaction is to hold something up right now. And, uh, you know, props to Matt because he said that he felt his powers were somewhat like Green Lanterns. And we see these just energy projections come out of you know radiant black and begin to hold up the concrete 
I got a ton of Spider-Man vibes from this too. Like it just feels like something in the Raimi movies where there's they're like really intimate settings, like you know, where there's in a building with Green Goblin, like in a flaming building trying to impersonate uh, you know a woman in trouble or whatever. I, I love it because you know it's another example of you know Nathan. You know, we've seen him put put what's right in in front of what he 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 needs, right? And this is the the biggest example of it where you know he literally gives his life for these people to make sure this building doesn't uh kill anyone yeah that's a really good point it does i honestly look like the amazing spider-man number 33 you know that famous cover that everybody likes where spider-man's collapsing with the weight of the building and the water is drowning him it does remind me of that scene that's a good uh, point really good callback and you know he's just freaking out he's trying to hold the building in whatever way he can we see that despite his powers and you know despite being a superhero He's barely holding it together. He does it just long enough for the people to get out. He finds that a few people from upstairs are, you know, running out. He asks them if there's anybody else. He tells them to get out right now. And I just want to talk about how much of a dumbass Radiant Red is. Or maybe he is just truly overwhelmed. It's hard to tell, but uh, he just stands there. He's, you know, unable to really react. But his first uh, reaction is to let Nathan know that the walls are crumbling. The bearing walls are crumbling. And there's nothing, there's about to be nothing to hold up to. So uh, Nathan reacts impulsively by, you know, saving the day. He knocks everybody out of the building, all the hostages, including Radiant Red. And, you know, there's this heroic scene where we see that he's trying to hold it together. He's trying to hold all the weight, but it just collapses on him. And, uh, you know, he's gone. The building's crushing him. And, like, you see, I couldn't believe it. Like, I reading these next couple of pages, you know, it took me, like, a day or two to really, like, believe. It's like, you know... Nathan's gone. You see that Marshall's running. He goes, Nathan, where are you? Like digging through the rubble. And he's just hoping. And there's, you know, he's like, no, don't do this, man. Come back, please. You have to stay alive. Like, even if Nathan, even if Marshall wants the power, not like he doesn't want it like this. He wants his best friend, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting because, he, you know, that's not what he's thinking about immediately. The first thing he's thinking about is just Nathan. You're like, where are you? Are you okay? And we cut back to the conversation between the Radiant Being and Nathan himself, where he tells him once more that their connection is final. It's permanent for the duration of his uh, life while he's a part of existence. So, and, you know, the interesting thing for me during this whole time is just Nathan's reaction, his face. You know, he's not saying anything. You just get a glimpse at what his face looks like. But I feel like his face is saying a lot. It's almost like disappointment, reluctance. Like, he doesn't want to be a killer. But he, you know, he almost doesn't have it in him to be a superhero kind of thing. Like, it's hard to tell. There's a lot going on in this panel. What do you think? Well, here's my thoughts on it. Like, do you think that the Radiant could have healed Nathan or prevented this from killing him, whether he has control of it or not? Like, could it have made, like, a barrier around him? We've seen that, you know, Red can make those walls, right? So my thought is, could the suit have saved Nathan or did the Radiant give up on him knowing that he didn't have the killer instinct required? Because if that's happening in real time... What we're seeing, like that face of him doubting it, whether that's a flash in Nathan's head or, you know, something that the Radiant is reading in Nathan and just seeing him not be <laughs> able to kill him. Did it let him die for a worthier host? Quote unquote. Uh, Kyle's got us chasing like every goddamn little rabbit hole. Like, I don't even know what to think anymore after last <laughs> issue. Like, we, I was just re-listening to last episode, you know, trying to get ideas and stuff. And I was just like, man, we had so many ideas and none of them were right. And I'm just like, now I don't know what to think about anything. Kyle's just coming out of left field. He could literally surprise us with absolutely anything. I love it. Uh, I agree with, you know, everyone saying it's good to be, uh, you know, it's good to feel surprised again by comics and not be spoiled by solicitations. And boy, do I agree. And I just want to say, and I, I, we forgot to bring this up earlier because we've been so caught up in the emotion of this issue. But the Radiant Black number four and number uh, 125 
ratio variant by the Wally is fucking incredible. Like, truly, like, you know, I'm a big fan of comics. I chase a lot of the nice variants that come out every week or the ones that I really like. And for me, personally, the the week that that came out, the week that Radiant Black 4 came out, I thought Radiant Black 4 125 was the cover of the week. Tagging us on Instagram, showing showing off your copies that you guys recently got because... We love it. We appreciate it. And if anyone ever wants to submit some questions to our Gmail, that's all that's there as well. But we just love the cover. I mean, I I know we got a copy, so uh, <laughs> we hope everyone else got a copy. Yeah, uh, the covers like there um, there's like literally we could just do a separate podcast weekly, just or you know maybe once a month when every issue comes out, just talking about the covers. Like they're so friggin' amazing. Like you know, cover C is really sweet. I like that one a lot. That like. I, it's it's hard i couldn't pick a favorite radiant black cover i would my mind changes every every time i look at them like they're so amazing but yeah the um the one you mentioned the one in 25 is amazing like it's just it's so uh dynamic like it's, it's badass you just want to see like an animated series right now but i know we're probably gonna have to wait a couple years yeah and i mean we think all the okay variants are amazing right like we're not just fans of the 125 we thought the cover a by uh, Eduardo Ferragato and Marcelo Costa was amazing. We thought the cover B by Justin Mason was awesome with, you know, the mask half broken off Nathan's face. And it, we just thought that the Diwali 125 variant, that was something special. But not to, uh, you know, if you're off tracks of the episode and the issue itself, back to uh, the issue. We've seen that this is almost like a repeat of some of the panels earlier where he's just letting him know what's going to happen, that their connection, their, synch- their synchronized post-synchronization is permanent, it's lasting, and that, you know, he's going to die. And we cut back to Marshall, and he's freaking out, right? He's crying. He's just lost his best friend. And out of nowhere, and this blew my mind even more, like, God damn it. Like, I-, I had a feeling this might happen, like, after I read the last page, but to see it actually happen was another thing, you know? The black hole just levitate, come out of Nathan's chest, and we see it begin to talk to Marshall, saying, your friend is gone, deceased, and, you know, our connection is final, permanent for the duration of your life, and you are part of existence. But uh, war is near soon for the Radiant, and he will kill you and your entire planet. And, you know, the Radiant being is basically asking Marshall, do you have what it takes? Will you take his life? And we see Marshall, without hesitation, without even thinking about it, just say yes, and he grabs the black hole, and it fades to white. Yeah, I mean, that ending to me, you know, not to bring up Lost again, but it was a lot like the season five finale uh, in a lot of ways. And Nathan's character arc, I mean, I assume that's going to that in this form, this will be the last we see of him. It reminds me of arc of a certain character on Lost. If you've seen the show, you know who I'm talking about, who has a really sad death. And they, you know, they you think that they're going to do so much more, but they die pretty abruptly. And, you know, this reminds me of the fifth season finale of Lost, where it looks like there's like a reset. Every episode ends with like a black fade to black with Lost text. This ends with like the white text. This is like a whole new era now. You don't know what the future is going to hold now, where we totally switched to Marshall, presumably being the main character until Higgins decides to throw us all for a loop and maybe kill him. But, you know, for the time being, it's Marshall's story now. And it, I guess it has been all along, really. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that in some ways, about how, you know, there was such a massive focus on Marshall, and we were excited about that. Of course, we're not saying we had any idea, because we didn't know shit, but uh, we were surprised, of course, by how much focus there was on Marshall, how involved he was in Nathan's, you know, life, and Nathan as a superhero, too. And, you know, just overall, how much thought Marshall gave just about the whole situation itself. He was the first person to encounter the black hole, let us not forget. I mean, he did see it first. You know, Nathan's the one who reached out, but Marshall did see it first. 
it's like if Spider-Man died and then, uh, you know, and then Harry Osborn became Spider-Man somehow. Like, it's crazy. Like, it, it's it's a massive twist. And, yeah, it definitely adds a really cool element. You, If you reread the first three issues, now you have a higher focus on Marshall and what he's doing. And Nathan's story is all the more sad and depressing. Like, if we get a panel next issue of, like, uh, of Mr. Burnett eating oatmeal by himself with, like, a worried look on his face or, like, looking at the empty chair, like, that's going to kill me. Like, there's it's such a rich world that Higgins has already built with the artwork of uh, Marcelo too, just showing the emotion and where we are. And it's, it's crazy how much reread uh, value this has in uh, four issues already. Like that's gotta be a record. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, what, what can we say? Honestly, they were saying that this was a series for fans of invincible and it really is. If you, if you like invincible, it's safe to say that you might enjoy this. And yeah, you know, a lot of people were talking about how the start, you know, the start of this series was a bit slow, but I don't know if you folks remember, the start of Invincible was a bit slow too. It was just basically a conventional superhero series at first up until that Omni-Man reveal. And since then, things kept going, you know, up and up and up. And they just kept elevating after that. And you got some more awesome reveals. And here, I'm assuming that's what it's going to feel like. We just put, you know, the gas on the pedal with this issue. We We pick things up. We're finally... You know, we got the main character of the series now, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing's safe anymore. This is some Game of Thrones shit. But, uh, yeah, I think we got the main character of the series now. We uh, we saw the solicitation for issue number seven of Radiant Black, which dropped last Friday. And uh, today is Tuesday at the top of recording. So, you know, last Friday we saw the variant drop, and it's a, an amazing variant by uh, Dinakulo, who is the artist on Seven Secrets. And it's, it's issue seven, too. Yeah, it's interesting that he should do issue seven of Rain and Black. And uh, we tweeted him about that. He responded. And he was just saying, oh, he didn't notice. But uh, we can't tell if he's messing with us or not. But either way, awesome stuff. Because, you know, we also brought up Seven Secrets last episode. We're big fans of Seven Secrets. It's an awesome comic book series. And to see the artist of uh, Seven Secrets come do a cover for Rain and Black is really exciting. So, yeah, it seems that Marshall's going to be around for at least three issues. At least we know that much so far for sure. So, yeah, it's safe to say, at least for now, he's our main character. And that's quite an interesting turn of events. It's insane. Like, we, we like you know, we, we, we had so many different thoughts about this while, you know, talking about this pre-recording. Uh, but we weren't really sure what trail to go down because even last episode, we had so many different ideas. And it just completely blew all of those out of the water. And that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm tough. happy to be wrong, when especially when it's like this. So one thing that I do want to mention, I talked about that panel earlier where Nathan's moving back home and his mom says, you're a writer, you have been your whole life. That's not going to change. And uh, she says, so what, come home for a little while. The great thing about writing is you can do it anywhere. And that's in bold, you know, so it doesn't mean at home. But like, what if Nathan's consciousness is going to be somewhere out in the world and he can kind of craft his grand narrative? You know, he can maybe be moving the pieces, be the invisible hand on the chessboard in this radiant war and help out Marshall. You know, I can definitely see some spectral form or some, you know, the essence of Nathan showing up in some form later on. Whether, I mean, you said to me something about him talking to him, like um, I said, like, uh, Jarrell, but you first came up with someone else, right? Uh, I'm not sure I remember, to be honest. <laughs> we'll have to go through our Discord. If like It's probably like 1,000 messages ago as we were just talking about this <laughs> issue. But yeah, uh, I just want to give you credit because it was you that put me in the headspace to think that of like, you know, like like Jarrell talking to Kal-El being like his AI left behind because, you know, it's synced with, we don't know if a radiant syncing with somebody, you know, if, if that memory is just deleted, right? If they, we don't know the extent of the radiant is unknown. It's whatever Higgins can think of. I'm sure he's got the constraints thought of, and uh, you know what it can and can't do. But you know, the sky's the limit. 
Yeah, and I just like I really don't know what to make of this. Honestly, there's just I all I can say is let's wait for the next issue. You know, there's a few things we know about the next issue. We know that issue five is titled Radiant Revenge because it uh, says so. You know, at the end of the last issue, where it says next Radiant Revenge. Actually, no, it's titled Aftermath. But Higgins has been tweeting Radiant Revenge, so we know that there's going to be some that it's going to be you know centered around the revenge or at least Marshall trying to kick. Radiant Red's ass, which is overdue right now. And, yeah, and, uh, and as always, we're only talking about stuff that has been that's uh, there for the public of like, hey, these are preview images and stuff like that. Like, we know there's going to be a, a beatdown in a quarry. I think, you know, it could be uh, Nathan or uh, Nathan. No, it's Marshall time now. Uh, Marshall's going to be looking for, I don't know, maybe a rare <laughs> fossil or something in the quarry is a get rich quick scheme already if he's not just on a bloodthirsty uh, path of revenge for, you know, for his buddy there. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, right? It's really interesting to think about how different things are going to be with Marshall being, you know, the main character moving forward with Marshall being in control. But it's really mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like we're, we've been talking about how we're excited for, you know, Nathan to meet other characters, for him to work with the officers and everything. But we've blown all that out of the water right now because we've gone in a completely different direction. We haven't even addressed any of the stuff back home because shit is cosmic right now. You know what I'm saying? We got bigger things going on and i just can't wait to see what's going to go down in issue number five seriously we're, we're just every day we, we got ourselves thinking guessing and just we can't wait and one thing we you know we got to bring up is that although marcelo costa is uh, hurt right now hopefully he recovers quickly and we send him our best wishes if anyone wants to express their uh Gratitude and well wishes. wishes way, yeah, yeah, gratitude and well wishes. Yeah, you could contact him on Twitter or Instagram. I'm sure he'll be grateful. But uh, in the meantime, we, there's some good news. We've, we're getting uh, a new artist on issue number five with Eduardo Farigato, who's done some of the covers on this series, including the cover A for issue number four. So uh, based on the t- teaser pages they've shown so far, you know, they show a page or two or three, which we've uh, shown on our Instagram. And, you know, it showcases a fight between Radiant Black, who is now Marshall, and Radiant Red, you know, just fighting in a quarry, like Matt said. So that's exciting. The artwork's fantastic, of course, and we can't wait to see more. Yeah, now, I'm not sure if this is a path we're going to go on, but it's funny you mentioned uh, Officer Peters and Officer Mills there, because who was the giant asshole to those cops out of the two of them when they when they were first encountered in issue one? It was Marshall, right? So he was such a jackass to them, really. So, you know... That's they're... what I'm saying. It's going to be so interesting. Like, we're, how is this going to work out? You know what I mean? Everything's changed now. And there is a path where, you know, this is the name of the issue. Everything changes, and uh, it really has, but... There's a path where I could see where I don't know if we're going to go down that route where, you know, Radiant Black, Nathan is gone and these guys are going and the cops go, how'd you get the suit? And they're OK, let's let's, you know, where have you been? Uh, you know, and then maybe, maybe you check his phone. His phone's gone. That's pretty convenient. We could see him go to prison or something or be on the run from the police because, you know, they might not there might not be footage of Radiant Red doing this. There could be some suspicion. So who knows? There could be a murder mystery. I, I doubt we're going in this path, but that's just one thing I want to mention. Food for thought. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to have that discussion when time comes. I mean, how is, you know, Marshall going to explain everything to the Burnettes, right? That was almost our first concern is like, how do we, you know, the first two, uh, issue two and issue three, such a big part of those issues with the Burnettes, you know, Mrs. Mr. Burnett in particular, but Mrs. Burnett was in there for a few panels too. And, you know, they were important. We were beginning to get an idea of what Nathan's life was like, including the dynamic between him and his parents. And now there is no Nathan. So how's that going to be now with Marshall in the picture? It's going to be a sitcom with him moving in. But no, what's going to, what I think is going to, what's funny is when they were first talking, when Marshall's first introduced, he says like, oh, can I have permission to take your son out drinking? And that changed Nathan's life forever. That's when they went and found the Radiant. 
And that's, you know, what led to Nathan's demise there. So, you know, it's all it's not Marshall's fault directly, but, you know, the parents could be pissed off. I can totally see a moment of her like, you know, of uh, Miss Burnett running up and like punching them or something like that, saying like, how good you <laughs> not that she's going to know he's a radiant. They're just going to think Nathan. Like, how, how, how do you even begin to explain that to Nathan? Like, like are the, is he is he going to say that Radiant Red killed him? Like, what happens? Plus, like. I just mean, like, is Nathan really dead? Like, are we are we going to accept that as fact now? Is Nathan dead for sure? Or is he physically dead, but he exists only in existence now? You know, maybe because of his synchronization to Radiant that he exists in some other form, like Matt said. Do we, do we, we don't know for certain anymore. This series is off the fucking rails. We don't know anything. I mean, unless, uh, you know, I, I think he is really gone uh, in this form, as I said earlier. I think that his body is dead, but, you know, his spirit might live on. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of, you know, dead people live on in the memories that they carry. And, like, Marshall's always going to be thinking and being, like, doing this for Nathan, right? Because he wants to, you know, do this for the, his buddy, I'm pretty sure, on top of, you know, his own selfish reasoning. But I think that, yeah, in some form, we'll see Nathan again. There is... At the end of issue number four, a reveal of issue number five artwork. And it turns out that the issue number five that was initially solicited, the artwork for cover A, did not have the complete artwork. Because it turns out after the reveal, the ginormous, huge, amazing twist and reveal of this issue, it turns out that there's a, you know, an edited cover with more artwork. And it was, you know, done by Diwali. We can see it here at the end of issue five. And you could probably Google it now and they'll show you the complete artwork. But uh, it's basically the hand gripping the black hole. And we see some light beams coming out of it. And each little beam has a memory of Marshall's childhood or, you know, life. Yeah, I got to hand it to the uh, staff there at Radiant Black for hiding that from us. You know, it was great. And I love how, you know, it's revealed here that on the bottom left, it looks like uh, Marshall was Jake Lloyd all along. He's Darth Vader. Now he kind of looks like Anakin <laughs> a little bit with that, uh, the bowl cut kind of deal. But no, uh, Higgins kind of described in detail what these images were. Uh, you know, you see in the top left hand, that's uh, Marshall's dad uh, leaving the family there and him playing with the toy as a kid. There he is playing with the Radiant. And top right image is uh, Marshall getting arrested. And he also mentioned in radiant radio that we're not going to see these in that issue so there might be more on marshall's history in the future but it looks like that's just the actual thing of like marshall's memories being showcased in the radiant as he grabbed and maybe the sink happening super fast and some flashes of his life yeah and you know for those of you worried about this being like some kind of bait and switch or just something to subvert expectations according to the main man higgins himself he says that uh, you know don't worry because everything happens for a reason and the story continues so for those of you, you know, all pissed off because, you know, you think this is a bait and switch or you're really into Nathan, uh, you know, according to his words himself, uh, Mr. Higgins, he says the story continues. So just, you know, just hang in there. Check it out. Check out the first arc. And I'm pretty sure you won't be disappointed. So give it a chance. Yeah. And, you know, Nathan might not be alive throughout this, but I think it really puts a, you know, a bullet point on, well, not a bullet point, like an exclamation mark on his, you know, short run here and the thing. Like, it's tragic. And when you reread this, as I mentioned, I mean, you get like a, a deeper understanding. I almost wish running day was even slower last week. So we had even more time to, uh, you know, have time with Nathan seeing his thought process. Like, you know, he's writing these stories that are probably never going to be published now. It's just, uh, it's so sad seeing him struggle in dead, you know, crying in the car and then thinking he has hope he has this new ability this new opportunity and then you know he's dead now like it's it's crushing as someone who loves the leftovers and kind of like empathizing with these characters it's just amazing storytelling and it sticks with me big time yeah i can't help but agree with that and the thing that you know really resonates with me is the fact that it wasn't just 
you know, maybe someone like Marshall could have handled the situation better. But the real reason that Nathan died wasn't because he was a bad Radiant Black or anything. It was because he was just too empathetic of a human being. He was, you know, too kind, too reluctant to kill others. He just it wasn't a murderer and he didn't want to engage in murder. And the funny thing is I somewhat respect Nathan because we don't know what the cause is that he's fighting for, right? The only thing that the Radiant being has told him so far is that there's a threat to your planet, but... You know, he doesn't have information. And while this person is synchronizing themselves or this being is synchronizing themselves to Nathan, they might, you know, have more information. They might be in a position where they have some leverage. But Nathan doesn't really. He doesn't really know what the fuck is going on. He's just, you know, he's just trying to figure shit out. He's just trying to get his life together. And that really compounds in that moment because you feel that he's not just someone who's trying to get his shit together with his own life. But right now... The, like, you know, the lives of the entire world is somewhat dependent upon him in that moment. Or at least that's what the being says. And that's a lot of pressure for someone who's already going through a lot of personal pressure. One thing that I – yeah, that's a good point. One thing I want to mention is um, I don't know if um, – I, I can see this happening. But I can see also if, if uh, you know, Marshall is thinking – I think the Radiant might be able to give him maybe flashes of Nathan's memories. If it scanned him and it has all its memories saved to its – you know, whatever storage space it has or whatever, it could show memories of them as kids or something like that. If like, you, you know, who knows what, what we could get from that. And another thing uh, that I want to say is, you know, you see earlier when they're talking before things go down, uh, Marshall says he would do things that uh, Nathan wouldn't do. And I don't necessarily think that Marshall would kill people on in a regular circumstance. But now that this radiant red guy just killed his best friend, I think that now he might have the killer edge that he needs to go and actually kill this guy. Yeah, and shout out to Sheldon Buchert Art and shout out to superior spidey 500 for tagging us this week in their instagram post they brought the heat you know one of them superior spidey posted a picture of his amazing beautiful radiant black number four 125 by uh, diwali and it just looks gorgeous he's already put it up in a case it looks like he's hung it up in the wall amazing pickup my friend enjoy what a beauty and uh as for sheldon he picked up the he actually picked up three copies, uh, two copies of, actually a copy of Radiant Black number one third print, and of course paired it up with the Radiant Black number two third print. Got the red on one side and the blue on one side. They look incredible. And he's got issue four in the background. We really hope you enjoyed them. And uh, yeah, big fan of your artwork. Hopefully we could see some uh, Radiant Black pieces by you soon. We've already seen the one you've done for issue one, and it's fantastic. I got to get my hands on one. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. It's it's amazing to see the the coverage of these. It's been it's been great, and uh, you know uh, we haven't gotten to this yet. We're you know uh, an hour into the podcast, but these new ends this new end segment of uh, Marshall School of Business, oh, Chef's Kiss. As, as someone who loves Nathan for you, I'm all about silly business ideas, and uh, it's it's great to have these little things to like decompress after something so mind blowing just happened. I'm sure will happen in the future. It's it's nice to just relax and have uh, you know something to laugh at. Yeah, and I talked about in episode one or two, we talked about how, you know, a lot of the interactions within the uh, real world feels like moments from the movie's clerks, you know, clerks, whether it's one, two, oh, yeah. it, just, it just genuinely feels like some of those interactions and Marshall's written so well and in some cases almost like Kevin Smith character where he's like intellectual, but almost a little bit snarky. And uh, yeah, this these backstories at the end of the issue are amazing because they really just expand on his character and give us a good laugh. And they almost remind me of those funny backup stories with the 
characters in the back of, of comics like Guarding the Globe where you used to get, you know, Invincible with Spawn and all the other, like Harry Potter and all and all those other heroes where they're just getting together and talking about Obama and stuff. And yeah, those really silly stories. And this is kind of like in that vein too. But I actually like this more because it, it really just shows you what Marshall's like. And now that he's the main character, I can't get enough of him. Yeah, no, and it's great because it gives uh, artists a chance to showcase their talents and uh, guest writers. I know uh, that uh, Kyle was saying that his friend and comedian, uh, Riley Trello, uh, it says Trello there in the thing, but he pronounced it Trello. So I'm going to go with uh, the way Kyle pronounced it. Uh, he's one of his good friends and he came up with the School of Business uh, title and stuff like that. And uh, it's great that he's the first one to break the seal and give us uh, such a fun little uh, segment here yeah and i really appreciate how there's a small note that says the world's only accredited business school based behind a video store counter but there's you know a little mark and it says not accredited <laughs> that's such a martial thing there so we really appreciate that yeah i dig it where he's talking about this first one's about uh, how newspapers might be dying out but there's still kidnappers need them to verify the date that someone's been kidnapped to show that it's it's there and and i love it i i didn't quite look at the newspaper pages yet but i love that it also has like on these specific newspapers you can have people advertising products that you would use like ski masks and uh and the uh, gloves and stuff like that i love that so this scheme isn't that bad where you've also got you know you can get advertisers involved and i don't know that's kind of shady if you're even if you're like a ski company or something selling these ski masks it's it's a nice touch <laughs> yeah, it's just fantastic stuff. This issue really has been a delight. Of course, there's a second backup story, another Marshall School of Business, and it's by Melissa Flores and with art by Joe Hunter and lettering by Becca Carey. And another delightful story, honestly, really enjoyable. Different artwork almost reminds me of the backup stories in Batman right now, where you have, you know, more manga like artwork in some of them, where they talk about Kid Kawhi and Ghost Hunter, uh, Ghostmaker, sorry, and everything. Really been enjoying those. But uh, yeah, it's it's really like, like Matt said, these are really a delight, especially after such a heavy handed issue. And uh, we're looking forward to more of these, as many more as you can give us. We love these. Yeah, and uh, you know, programmers out there, if you want to make this app, I mean, no one's stopping you. It'd be pretty sweet. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's a clever concept. I like the, <laughs> I just like the app, like explaining like the canine companion is safe. He will return in Act Two or whatever, reappear in Act Two. Oh, I love it, and just can't wait to see more of those. Higgins <laughs> said that he had something like twelve already, good to go. So. Yeah, man, there's so many. I was so delighted. I was like, damn, twelve already. Let's go. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. I love it. This this has been my favorite issue. I mean, it's hard to, uh, you know, the other three have been fantastic. Obviously, we've gushed about them, but this one has it all. This one, you know, it raised the stakes. We said that every issue, but this one really did change everything. And that's just something that's refreshing. Like we said earlier, it's hard these days to truly surprise an audience because so many there's so many spoilers out there whether they're in solicitations whether you know comic books are just written in a predictive like mold that every writer just follows but you know higgins really breaks the mold here he's taking something you know he's taking a new approach and he talks about how how that's a lot you know in previous interviews he talks a lot about how this is in the vein of the spirit of invincible it's it's a superhero series that does not follow conventional superhero storytelling he's very much trying something fresh and modern and i love it i'm here for it i'm here for every issue i can't believe how good this was and uh, one last thing for those of you who love this issue or who missed out on this issue good news there is a second print coming out 
And I believe it was on FOC yesterday because we were recording on Tuesday. So it's already past FOC, but you could probably still find them out there. It's an amazing wraparound variant by Marcelo Costa. And we got, you know, Radiant Red on one side or on one cover page, you know, zapping. And we got Rain Black on the other side and just super awesome looking cover almost like gives me dragon ball z vibes must pick up for fans of the series highly recommend it yeah it should be in your stores on the 26th so uh definitely you can probably spot those out in the wild if you're keen you can put and you know you can especially request that it's on your pull list at your comic shop and stuff like that or there's online retailers as well so yeah definitely pick those up because it's really cool Another thing I wanted to mention is uh, when I went back and reread issue one, uh, I didn't notice, but uh, Marshall's wearing a Crisis uh, Couture shirt, and they're the band that did the trailer for Radiant Black, and they wrote a song specifically for Radiant Black, which is awesome, in the trailer that uh, Bash has mentioned a few times. With that trailer, we discussed before how there are some panels and scenes we've seen on the trailer that actually haven't appeared yet in any of the comic books, and that's worth investigating for those of you who are trying to find out more about the stories. Specifically, in our case, we're trying to find out more about that mysterious masked figure which shows up towards the end of the trailer. Looks somewhat like a ninja wearing a cape or a cloak and holding a katana in one hand and a pistol in the other. I'm really curious... uh, you know, to see who this character is and what they might do in uh, Radiant Black because they're they're red, so... <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of Future Nathan, but it's not him. And also, I do want to talk about how Nathan had the dream of seeing Future him and saying he's not worth breathing. Like, was that just, like, a nightmare? Or, you know, is that, like, a maybe a... I don't know. We're, I don't think we're getting multiversal here, but who knows? I, it could be anything it could even be like nathan's brother or like his son from the future for all we know like the sky's the limit with the series as i've said before there's endless potential so who knows it's true and that's the thing we love most about this series is that really it can go anywhere we talked about last issue how you know we don't even know whether we're going to cross over with some invincible characters with other image characters we don't know where this series is going to go and that's been something that's so refreshing and such a delight we look forward to every single issue and you know, this was such a good issue. Please pick it up. Please oh, check yeah. it out. Yep. Yeah, support this series. You know, I mean, just for the just to have these books in your house alone. Uh, they announced that uh, the first volume is going to be out that collects. I think it's one to six is going to be out in August. So if you if you missed out on the first few issues, you can have that collected for you right there, which is going to be pretty sweet. We don't know if Marshall School of Business is going to get its own separate book either. So, you know, you get the bonus of getting those stories and if you buy the issues. Yeah, I think they said those are only in the single issues. I'm pretty sure. But, uh, yeah, another thing, they said that those were only going to be done on, you know, beyond the 12 on issues where they have extra pages. So, yeah, be on the lookout for those. I just want to mention before, uh, just one predict- last prediction I want to put out there. In 20, 20 seconds into that Radiant Black trailer that you can find on Images' YouTube channel that we've been mentioning, uh, there's a woman staring at a what appears to be YouTube, and it's reflected. You see her reflection. She's shocked. And you can kind of see it kind of looks like buildings, I guess. The image isn't that well put. You know, there's not that much. Uh, purposely, there isn't that much drawn on it. It just shows kind of like rectangles look like buildings. That, presumably, I'm thinking that maybe that's Justine finding out about Nathan's death right maybe she sees that uh, the building and what went down in in lockport and that could be her reaction so who knows yeah we've had our conversations off mic about what's going down in the trailer you know specifically and we we, we have our suspicions that one of the characters that shows up throughout the trailer specifically between the 22 second to 25 second mark we we think that one of those characters that are arguing with the woman might be uh 
Radiant Red. Who knows, you know? It's a character that seems important, but we haven't seen appear in the story yet. So that's quite an interesting uh, trailer. We feel like there's a lot to unpack there. So take a look and, you know, let us know what you guys think. Yeah, and there's also Nathan, like, launching into the air, right? In a panel that I don't think we've seen yet. So if that, maybe that specific art just to showcase Radiant Black, or if that's something that happens in the future, obviously, we're going to see at least Nathan or maybe that future Nathan again, because he's got the, uh, it appears he's got the suit on, too. So who knows what that could be. Yeah, you know, speaking on the subject of Radiant Black, one thing we haven't discussed yet, you know, both of us were, you know, we're readers, obviously, we like to read the series, we're big fans, but we're also comic book collectors. And, you know, we collect Invincible, we collect other titles, we collect Marvel DC, now we collect Radiant Black. And speaking on that, nobody's really brought up like the key issues that we've had so far in Radiant Black. I mean, even the, uh, the, the renowned key collector comic that most of the comic book you know industry or other comic book goers or the readers refer to it's not a, it's not up to date on rating black issues so what do you think on that well i think i mean this will always be obviously be a major issue right like this is going to be a key issue four right there i don't think there's any arguments there i would say it would even compete with like issue one if it wasn't for the uh, first appearance like the thing that issue one has on this obviously spoilers right the thing that issue one has on this is the issue one as the first appearance of Marshall and Nathan, and I think his parents too, but issue four has the first appearance of Marshall as Radiant Black. So in the long term, people might, you know, want that issue if he ends up being the main character of the series, which it looks like he is. Yeah, or at least will be bigger than just the best friend, right? He's taking on a bigger role in Radiant Black. So yeah, this could be the first time he accepts it, but like next issue will probably be his first appearance as Radiant Black, right? This wouldn't count as the first appearance of him as RB. That's true. It's like more like a cameo showing because he grabs the power. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't equip it. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I guess issue five will be the first appearance of of Marshall as Radiant Black. And, you know, we talked earlier about how and do all these amazing artwork. They just revealed those the different memories, different points of Marshall's life, which seem to be significant. Higgins talked about how issue five is also going to be a big deal. So maybe we're going to get some key moments in issue number five, maybe some sort of origin in some way, like a deeper origin, or maybe, you know, even expand upon, you know, Marshall's role as Radiant Black, because we know that in issue six, we're diving into Radiant Red's origin. Yeah, and that's going to be another key, obviously. I think maybe we'll see Radiant Red's face maybe at the end of issue five, just to tease it, just to like lead into issue six. You never know, because I know they're supposed to fight it out in the quarry next next week. Yeah, and, you know, interestingly enough, like, for those of you that are hunting the first appearances out there, we know that, you know, the, the first issue is the first appearance of all the characters, including Radiant Red, but the first cover appearance of Radiant Red, does he, does he doesn't, he doesn't appear until uh, issue number two, 125, if I'm not mistaken. Radiant Red? Cover. Yeah, so he's, he appears, he appears at the end of issue one, right? Like, they tease him at the no, end. No, no, but I mean on the cover. Oh, the cover, cover, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he right. shows up on any of the... Uh, the radiant black number ones no and yeah for those of you that are, are like myself and don't know like a ton about collecting like the lower the print count often oftentimes is like what you want to go for because the more obscure it is the uh you know the more valued it is yeah and you know we don't even know if like something like radiant black will ever have value we're just talking as collectors and enthusiasts of the book but yeah like you know long term if it ever does become something even remotely like invincible people are going to want number one they're going to want number two the 125 uh, variant because it has the first appearance of radiant red on it and it's actually a really nice uh, rod rice cover so i highly recommend getting it just for you know how beautiful it is 
Yeah, it's funny you mentioned collecting because uh, there's this app, Key Collector Comics, out there. And uh, this description really stood out to me. When you look at the issue one description, it just says, uh, a loser's fortunes are about to change after he finds the cosmic radiant if he can fend off its, the rightful owners. Just referring to poor Nathan as just like a loser, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, especially after his death this week. It's just, it's. I just found it really funny. Yeah, I mean, especially when you think about it, he's not just a loser from the sense of someone who hasn't fulfilled his career, but he's also a loser because he lost the radiant black power so yeah. i don't know man that hits on multiple levels i feel bad for nathan i really do it this is just a shocking issue it really i've read it so many times and i i still like i'm shocked by the end of it because it's just crazy yeah i mean this is a juggernaut issue and i'm wondering if this is like uh with invincible where like issue 10 and 11 were just like wow that's that's a big twist or whatever and then like there got to be like maybe not a bigger twist but like this this it just opened up and the scope of the story just like became massive after that point so i don't know this could be you know maybe if we're on pace this is just going to be the first of many massive twists and uh, game changers yeah, and we talked a lot about how people were, you know, within the first few issues, they were looking for more action, more excitement, more, you know, fast paced. They wanted the, the story to be more dynamic. And now we're going into that territory where it looks like issue five, there's going to be a lot of action. So that's, you know, something we have to look forward to. And you know, we, I don't know if you're if you're a fan of Radiant Black as in the character himself, then you want them, I'm assuming, to, you know, beat up Radiant Red or, you know, deliver some revenge. And we're going to get that next issue, hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, one thing, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but there's also like the meta narrative that I can see on the outside of this, like knowing Kyle Higgins as, uh, you know, he was a filmmaker, right? He's a director and he wants to be the one to direct the Radiant Black TV show or movie if there ever was one. So it's this cool like meta narrative seeing like Higgins, like his original choice, he wanted to be a director and now getting to direct his own comic property. Like you can see that story unfold before your eyes almost just thinking about it and i'm excited to see where that goes you know we, we noticed that the radiant black account had a the in-universe account according to higgins himself had a ama earlier this week on twitter where you know they just had like 10 minutes of people you know asking them questions and they were answering anything and i asked them a question i was like just curious because we know and i'm, I'm a big fan of marshall you know i've liked him a lot since issue one i thought he was hilarious and one thing I, I really wanted to know, because I've noticed that, you know, Marshall is a big enthusiast of movies. I wanted to know what was his favorite movie. So I asked, you know, Ray and Black, I was like, what's your favorite movie? And he replied, The Shadow Hours. And interestingly enough, The Shadow Hours is a short film that was a directed and written by Kyle Higgins. Yeah, that's really sweet. I have to track that down. Like uh, short films, I, I gain more appreciation for stuff like that as I get older. And that's really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to look up for that. And, uh, you know, Kyle Higgins is a triple threat there with the writing and the directing and uh, the third, there's a third threat, but we're gonna cut that <laughs> stupid comment. I mean, yeah, no, he's definitely a double threat. It's interesting. And it, the funny thing that I hadn't noticed, I mean, I noticed that the poster was there, but I didn't understand the reference was that looking at the first few issues of Rainy and Black, often when we're at the real world, we see that there's a lot of, you know, movie posters that resemble real life movies. And one of the posters that are on the wall is the Shadow Hours poster. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just like amazed and blown away. And I, I see that, you know, I see I see you Higgins playing those games and I'm I'm all in, man. I think that's hilarious. I think it's awesome. And I've I've got to track myself down some shadow hours so I can check it out. That's the third threat editor because he's editing uh Inferno Girl Red, which is really sweet. So, you know, we were talking about predictions there. Who I that has to be a time, right? I feel like they're like she's gonna be a part of that universe and could even fight in this war that we're leading up to, right? This massive war that the robot was talking about, right? So who knows? We might have together everybody, just like Invincible needed tech jacket, we might need Inferno Girl Red for this uh, massive fight.
Why not? Like if we're talking, you know, there were articles and I'm not saying these were true and I'm I'm not entirely sure who they were written by. So, right, so there's an article posted by Bleeding Cool. And I know, you know, Bleeding Cool isn't exactly, doesn't exactly have a history being the most credible source or anything by that. But it's still interesting to see this idea being put out there. So there was this article posted by Bleeding Cool on January 12, 2021. It was written by Rich Johnston. Once again, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't, advocate for this article or anything we i just thought it was an interesting read but it says that you know radiant black is going to kick off image comics superhero universe like obviously we don't know if that's the case or not we don't know anything we're not higgins we're not costa but one thing we do know is that radiant black has an awesome superhero design it's trying to produce something you know it's sorry it's trying to be something fresh and new and trying to tell its own superhero story rather than following conventional superhero tropes which we've seen higgins say himself and he 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 likens that to invincible in that sense in the sense that you know invisible was ground invincible was groundbreaking when it first came out and really you know changed the way superhero comics were told and we can see a lot of that here, but we also we talked about in previous episodes how Invincible used the Kirkman verse, you know, that little Kirkman verse where all those Kirkman characters developed. Could we see something similar here, like with you know Higgins verse with the Inferno Girl Red, or could we even see Higgins using characters of you know that he's you know he's editing for, working with other creators for, or because you know Inferno Girl isn't his character, I don't think, but it, could we see him you know mix it up with characters from both properties? I can see it happening, right? Weaving these characters. Like, we forget. We're four issues in right now. Like, But Higgins has, obviously, he's got big plans in mind. He says he has up to issues up to issue 25 planned out. But, you know, only four issues have, have been published, and they're selling really well. We're getting second and third printings, which means that Image must ca- have caught on. And I think they know because this has its own trailer. Image has been, you know, retweeting it all the time. I think they know they've got something good. And now the sales numbers is just confirming it. So that means, you know, expansion could be imminent for sure. And we already have Inferno Gold Red, as we've talked about. And... Who knows what other creations or what other seeds are being planted behind the scenes as we get more artists and maybe uh, new writers on board. Who knows? Yeah, and I mean, one thing that I feel like doesn't get enough recognition on this title is that it genuinely has one of the most consistent like cover games out there. Like, And I'm not just talking about the ratios or cover A. I'm talking about like all the covers, like cover A, B, C, or if there is a C, and then the ratios. Like, They're all so good, and it's honestly hard these days to find titles where they're such a consistent like strong cover work game or where you see top-notch artists just killing it every week i feel like we're lucky because we keep getting spoiled with all these amazing new covers and who knows like we just got radiant black 7 there's even a cover b by felipe watambe i'm sorry if i butchered that (laughs) but uh, yeah magnificent cover b and this really awesome cover c that I'm personally going to grab one or two of because I'm, I'm grabbing all the covers, but I might grab two of this one because I might hang one on the wall. But awesome uh, cover C by Trevor McCarthy. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's got quite like the neon vibes going on. It almost looks like he's in the middle of got that whole neon vibe going on. It almost looks like he's in the middle of like the Bifrost there. It looks amazing. And I'm definitely grabbing one or two of those. Yeah, I mean, just even going by the four issues that have been published in the variant covers, you're running out of digits to count how the awesome ones. I mean, they're all amazing. There's not one where I'm like, eh, so-so. Like, the cover game is on point. And if they keep, if they keep on this pace, they'll be, it'll be the series with some of the best covers of all time. Like, it really is. I mean, if we go by just a uh, sure amount, it's hard to keep up with, like, 800 or 1,000 issues of, you know, Detective Comics and stuff. But, you know, it definitely is, uh, you know, it's killing it right now. Yeah, and funny you should say that because, uh, you know, friend of the comic book industry and community, Jack DeMeo, or otherwise known as aka Mr. Bolo, you know, he 
He's a content creator, and he's even said that, uh, in his opinion, Radiant Black has the best cover game in comics right now. And I, I personally agree, personally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really like the Department of Truth covers, which are kind of like their own beast and stuff like that. Those are really sweet, but there's been more of those and like stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, I'd say the Radiant Black cover game is, I think it's the, it's the best in the business right now. Yeah, and if you want to see just how good the Radiant Black cover game is, I highly recommend checking out uh, fellow Instagram user and Radiant Black enthusiast, My Radiant Black. That's that's their Instagram username, and they just basically it's it's similar to Every Invincible Ever on Instagram and Twitter. That other user who shows off their collection one one uh, issue at a time every day. My Radiant Black shows off their uh, Radiant Black collection one issue at a time at a day, and they're they have all the variants like literally like i thought i had all the variants this person has all the variants we're talking like the store exclusives the limited ones every single radiant black variant you could think of they have it check it out it's awesome it's always a delight to see it pictures are amazing and you know we just love radiant black being shared so uh yeah tag us and any radiant black stuff you guys have on social network we'll respond we'll you know feature you on our stories whatever for sure. I love seeing this community bloom and anybody that's missed out on the first issues, they're doing a lot of second and third printing. So you can still pick up the story and start from the beginning or the trade paperback is coming out in August, which is going to collect the first six issues. So, you know, there's plenty of ways to uh, hop in if you missed the initial releases. So, yeah, Radiant Black Volume 1, the trade paperback is coming out soon. We've got uh, the amazing number one, Radiant Black number one variant by eduardo ferigato being uh, used for the trade paperback cover looks incredible i love that variant one of my favorite covers of the series so far the trade paperback collects radiant black number one to six and yeah so for those of you who want to just get the trade paperback want to read it all in one go it's uh, 16.99 us but i'm pretty sure if you pre-ordered it uh if you pre-ordered it now it's still you know, it's still got a ways to go on FOC. If you pre-order now, you get like a 30-40% discount probably, so you could save a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I think that's kind of funny and, and kind of uh, good in hindsight is that uh, Marshall created the Twitter for Radiant Black because, you know, he's going to be managing it a lot more now that uh, we don't have poor Nathan around. So it's kind of cool. That'd be a pain to recover that password, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, since Higgins has said that this is an in-universe account, you know, that represents the universe itself like we can we can almost speculate that the person supposedly that's been replying to us this whole time is marshall <laughs> yeah we got to keep it kayfabe so yeah I, I assume that's marshall it's pretty cool um it's it's really meta to have it out there i know there's a ton of like superheroes and stuff might have a twitter account or like i know modok just took over marvel's twitter account there and stuff like that so you know that kind of stuff is pretty cool and uh, it makes twitter a little bit more lively and, and more fun for sure yeah, and like I said, we have we've got so much to look forward to next issue. Now we know for a fact that there is a love interest. We know about Justine, so we could hopefully meet her soon. And we know about you know Radiant Red. Now we know that he's a bastard. <laughs> so it's just we're just gonna go for him next issue, and I can't wait to see that. I you know we've been waiting. I, me and Matt, we've been waiting for the story to escalate to this point because we, you know we knew it was gonna come to this point. We were excited. We've seen that the the Higgins was laying down the foundation the first few issues building up to something really exciting and now that it's here we're just we're you know we're enjoying the ride we can't wait for the next issue please check it out 
check out the awesome uh, Radiant Black number three third print variant that was announced this week. You know, at the time of recording, we just seen it being posted. It's amazing. It's an amazing cover by Geraldo Borges and Marcelo Acosta. It's got a 110 variant too. So for those of you that are, you know, the ultra collectors that want all the covers, you got to hunt that 110 as well. It's a black and white version of the cover, uh, very similar to the, th- the, the late prints that came out earlier the previous weeks. So yeah, check that out. We actually just posted about it too. Yeah, one thing I want to mention too is um, with Justine, you never know. We could get she could get almost like a remixed Spider Gwen origin where she loses Peter Parker, like with their friends in that universe. She could be losing Nathan, and then who knows? Maybe she gets some kind of radiant power. You never know. The sky's <laughs> the limit here. Yeah, we're just talking about death all over the place at this point. But uh, no, that's interesting. That's a very good point. And you know, we still have that character we brought up earlier in this episode. The character, the character that appears in the trailer, the red character. And we're gonna post about that character on Instagram. We just wanted to wait for everybody to read issue four first because we didn't want to spoil anything but uh yeah the, no this character that appears in the trailer has appeared before the release of any issue because the, i believe the trailer came out before issue one did so there's no spoilers there if you haven't seen the trailer go see it yeah and send us your theories guys we really want to see what the audience is thinking because you know hundreds or thousands potentially minds are greater than you know just our two just uh spitballing here so if there's anything we missed or anything that uh, you know we said that you think might have lit the fuse on your own theory you know send it in and we'd love to talk about it yeah, just message us on Instagram or, or email us at ratingblackpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to hear it. You never know with this series, and that's why it's amazing. But uh, yeah, we just want to say thank you to everyone for following us. There's been immense support on all social, uh, you know, all the socials recently on Twitter, on Instagram, even on the uh, podcast applications. There's been a lot of support recently. We are on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean. You know, Anchor, pretty much podcast, most conventional podcast places. Of course, our YouTube, where they're not videos, they're just, you know, they're just recorded. They're just footage of a recorded static background with the podcast. Uh, Don't oversell it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we've got big things moving forward. You know, we were really excited for issue four, but we both feel like there's going to be a lot more explanation in issue five. And uh, we feel like, you know, Kyle's been underselling issue five. There's going to be a lot that's going to happen. Oh, in yeah. Issue it's five. a bigger issue, too, yeah. for, for yeah. the same price, which is an awesome deal. The end of yeah, arc number one, but uh, they're charging us the same amount of money. They're not charging us more, which is such a delight, and we appreciate that. So thank you. I know I'm gonna be picking up all the covers, and you know we we, we highly recommend checking it out. This it it's gonna continue the story of what happens in this issue. We're gonna we're hopefully gonna see uh, a climax, and issue six takes on a different direction where we're gonna see the origin, presumably, or the background of we're going to discover the background of radiant red and what his story is like so uh don't forget uh, though uh, also in the back of that uh megan uh camarena the host of radiant radio she has her comic there is going to debut unleashed i'm pretty sure it's called sweet there you go even more reason to uh get the next issue of radiant red but uh yeah for those of you who are uh, interested in following more of us please check us out at radiant black podcast on instagram and at radiant black pod on twitter and uh, for those of you interested in more podcast talk from us and uh, we have a second podcast where we talk all things invincible and it's called the Childremites. Uh, check us out at Childremites on twitter or instagram and matt's always posting amazing memes really funny good stuff and uh, we're quite active on all the socials so yeah we, we're just big fans of invincible and we love talking invincible 
yeah, we're always down to chat about that, all that nerdy stuff. And uh, also pretty much a lot of the image series that are going on now and, and some Boom Studio stuff. There's a lot of stuff to be excited about. So, yeah, just get at us there if you want to talk about it. And you've got your own personal Instagram, too, where you talk about comics at the at the Comic Chic, right? Yeah, follow me at the Comic Chic if you just want to talk comics or anything like that. I like to do some speculation, just talk about the comic book market and all things related to comics, whether it's reading, whatever, selling, anything like that. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, it's been a crazy issue. And if they get crazier than this, I don't even know if I can handle it. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Like, my, my mind was, like, melted after reading that initially. And uh, I bet yours were the same. Yeah, and email us, too, if you guys have any theories or want anything read on the, on the show. Yeah, if anyone wants anything included in the show or has any questions, please feel free to email us at radiantblackpodcast.gmail.com. Yeah, please check out Moon Mist Music. We love their music. Amazing introduction for our podcast. And uh, yeah, make sure you take care. Get issue five and uh, stay radiant. <laughs>